recording now. Um, how did we? How do we start this? You want me to start it? I can start it. Um, okay. Hello, and welcome back to Free Reeling It, your movie watching podcast with your pals Jesse and Matthew. Uh, I am your host Jesse. If you haven't heard my voice in a little bit, and with me today is your other host Matthew. Say hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Uh, we are talking today about Come and See, which came out in 1985 and directed by a name I cannot pronounce, but Matthew will give it a go. Uh, I'm going to say Elam Klimov or Elam Klimov. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, it is a Russian movie about a boy who joins a Soviet resistance movement in World War II. Um, before we jump into the movie, though, Matthew, it's been a minute. Um, I think this is the first recording we've done two months almost yes i mean yes we did, we did a little bit in december but it was like the beginning of december we did the we did enough at the beginning of december to, trip to get one out every week in december yeah um and then uh and Life then we, we we took we took a we, well, we plan on taking a little bit well we plan on just going back to every two weeks but yeah. uh i i i lost my father uh and i have I was reeling there for a while, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I could say a lot of things. Um, I, I actually think in the time that he, since he's passed, I've actually realized how much of what I like is because of things that he taught me Yeah, in a lot of ways, which is, which is, which aren't ironic, like, but he and I, we did not like the same things yeah, I get that. <laughs> in, in, a, in a lot of ways, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I miss him and I, I, I wish he wasn't dead, but wasn't up to me. And it's one of those things too, is like, how do you get back in the swing of things after tragedy? And it's kind of like, at some point I feel like you kind of just have to, well, so okay, I'll I'll share yeah. the story. I'll I'll share the story and, and I'll I'll leave it to you, Jesse, if you feel like editing this out. But I'm I'm sharing this because and I will allow it to be in uh, if it's okay. Yeah. Um. I so in I work in healthcare. Said this before, and we get to pick the holidays we would like to work. Um, and I pick Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. Um, I don't necessarily work both of them every year, but those are the ones that I just sort of put myself in mind for because I know that most of my family is in the Midwest and I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, I do not have children. Um, and uh, my wife is Jewish. So Christmas isn't really a thing yeah. in our house. Like, I mean, she says Merry Christmas to me because I grew up that way we do we do a little thing for each other every year and i and since being with her i've tried to learn more than i already knew about judaism just out out of out of like respect and reverence for faith because i think that's kind of important um but i was working christmas and the way it worked this year is since Actual Christmas was on a Saturday. The hospital acknowledged Christmas on a Friday. And um, 
so I was working the morning section of it where I came in at 11 p.m. Thursday night to work till 11 a.m. Friday morning. Mm-hmm. 4.30 in the morning, I, I get a call from my mom and she basically told me that he had passed. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of uh, an uncharacteristically chaotic Christmas Eve morning at a hospital, one of the bigger hospitals in Philly. And it was one of those, I, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I, I, I like, I had coworkers that were like, like, I told them what happened. They're like, okay, I, you know, let me take, let me take your spot. Take them, take it however much time you need. And I'm like, just give me an hour to like, sort of sit here and just, feel this for a little bit then I got back to work and then I had to work the weekend as well so I could have the week between Christmas and New Year's off and uh so that morning when I got home at 11 you know we basically organized plane tickets and headed home uh or at least we headed home at the first opportunity and uh, I was there till the third. And when I got back, I basically went to work <laughs> and uh, it's, I can honestly say like, I'm getting better and I'm moving forward, but it's, it's been, you know, it, there were moments, Jesse, yeah. where I actually thought about where I, where I thought about just saying, you know what, I think you might have to go without me to all of the content stuff that I do. Yeah, no, totally. And, and, but then I actually heard his voice and he was really big on agreements and I could hear him say, you know, you agreed to do all this you should do it because you agreed to do it. And, you know, then you, you go over the, you go over the politics of it in your head. Like, yeah, but this is just, this is just, you, this isn't like your job. This isn't like putting food on your table. This isn't, you know, pro- but also like it provides so many intangible things for me mm-hmm. where I'm just like, where I, where I'm just like, you know, he's, he's right. I, I have to, I have to keep going. And, uh, with all, with like, I mean, I'm kind of lucky with story route zero because, um, Jason, he kind of, he kind of runs that in a lot of ways and he runs it, he runs it in in a very tight ship and he's like, he's like, okay, we're going, if you're going to be there, be there. If not, that's fine. And I'm like, okay. And I think because he sort of had that sort of, not necessarily iron fist, but he had that like stern, like, this is it. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. And then when, uh, and then when you and Caroline started talking to me about our respective things, I'm like, okay, this is, this is where I start moving forward. Mm -hmm. And And when you told me, (laughs) 
<laughs> when you when we talked about what movie we were gonna do mm-hmm. for this episode, I'm like, oh, a, a Russian war movie I've not seen before. And then I started watching it. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess this is kind of like it, 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 uh, tragedy is an interesting way to transition in this movie because this movie yeah. is about tragedy wearing on the youth. Like that's really, I think, what it boils down to: it's tragedy wearing on youth and how tragedy can age you. Because I think something I would, that, yeah, I would probably go farther. Yeah. Um. This is. A very like when I met Reba and she started talking to me about what she does she's like a therapist that with a with a focus in trauma and she talks about generational trauma and trauma that is kind of passed down and the argument the the theories and, and examples she pointed me to were were holocaust related because that's a a pretty big one um and uh i have mentioned my ex-wife on this show and my ex-wife is from romania yeah and there was a whole lot of a whole lot of war crimes done in in uh, both Romania and I and I knew about the section of uh, well Belarus, Belarus uh, that had been you know just been absolutely war crimed to oblivion by the Nazis. Yeah, and I feel like this this film shows how war will just implant itself onto I don't want to say I mean I it'll implant itself onto the innocent for sure but it'll implant itself in a way that is not just it's not just a, it's not just a I'm I'm those sounds dismissive but it's not just like a bad memory yeah it's not it's not like it's not like um, it's not something you can sort of hand wave away or really describe. And you see a lot of these characters, especially the main character, Alexei Kravchenko, or Kravchenko, just depict like none of these events will ever leave this person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've heard. I mean, my my ex wife had relatives who had stories of, you know, grandparents or parents uh, who survived the war, and they basically could not talk about things before that. Like, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. Like. I mean, the easy way to say it is that it was erased from their mind, but mm-hmm. it's just that those events just loom so large and provide such a roadblock that 
it's kind of, there's just a, it's a certain amount of incomprehensibility. That you're just like, I, I can't. And I think uh, I, Reba has told me about her, her grandparents who, uh, who left, who were actually Romanian as well, uh, but Ro- Romanian Jews and her grandmother on that side of the family just would not talk about Romania yeah. at all. And like, I think, I think, I think she, it was understood that like she knew Romanian, but would not speak it and would not talk about her home life anymore at all. And you have to, you have to think that a lot of an an event like this events, like ones depicted in this movie are probably or at least this movie's events will probably be the closest that anybody like me and, or, or like most people who have never really been in a war yeah, or, or have never been, who have never, who have never lived in a place that has seen a war happen around it. Uh, this is the closest I'll ever come to even thinking about that. What, What's really fascinating to me about this movie too and how it presents the cruelty of everything mm-hmm. is that it does it in a way that it that it doesn't show a lot of it, honestly. Yeah. There I can think of maybe four real moments, maybe five. Mm-hmm where the cruelty of this war is visual on screen. Mm -hmm. But everything is so like, you know what is, you know what is happening. Yep. The movie is still telegraphing exactly what's happening, even if it's not showing it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of scenes where nothing graphic happens, but things are threatened in a way Mm -hmm. that it be it, it it becomes like oh yeah like even if there was no violence in this movie it was just the context that the movie gives you and there was no actual like violence shown on screen this movie would be rated r because it's so tense and intense at times that there's no way you can watch this movie as someone who's like 13 and and like if you're paying attention to it come away with ah this this messed me up for the rest of my life yeah I think you need some grounding before you can really kind of watch something like this. Um, and also, it's funny that we're talking about this as like things with the the, the, the graphic novel mods that are being dealt with over in Tennessee. And mm-hmm. like, they're like, well, we kind of want to sanitize what happened is kind of what they're saying. Like, we don't yep. want it to be graphic, mm-hmm. but there's no way around it without making the bad guys seem like good guys in some ways. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. There, like, I think you you probably saw the thread go around, but like the pajamification of the Holocaust or of tragedies in general. Oh, 100%. Like the idea that, well, not everybody was on, in on it. Not everybody right. knew what was going on. It's like, yeah, everybody kind of did. Yeah. Like even if, even if you weren't the one signing the orders or, or making, or making the calls or saying, Hey, go do this. Uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're not involved. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Um, and yeah, uh, th- this 
and and I'm gonna because you brought this film. Yeah. And I'm just gonna ask the question: How did you come around? Did you just see it on the Criterion nope. channel? And say, I, it's funny. Is like I was looking. I was like looking at Letterbox. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of curious. What what should we watch? Well, we could watch this. We could watch that. And I'm like, oh, Letterbox has this thing. Is like. 250 top narratives of all time is basically their list and i think it's just based off ratings like the hot like the more rating it's, it gets the more higher it gets on there okay. um and this is number three i think maybe number two um i think number oh, one is, i think number one is parasite um let me look because i can pull wow. up my phone um okay yeah so it's the top 250 narrative features yeah this mm-hmm. is number two so the top uh Five are Parasite, Come and See, um, uh, Harakiri, uh, and Godfather Part One and Two. Those wow. are the top five on here. Harakiri is the the Masaki Kobayashi yeah. one. Yes. Okay. Which I was thinking is like, oh man, I would like to go through this entire list because um, I've seen a lot of these, but I have not seen a good chunk of them. <laughs> um, but so some of these I might pull down the road for the the show but yeah i, I saw this and i knew about it too because they also don't remember which cinefix list it was on but it, like the the ending was on one of the lists and i know now why um having seen it so like it's this movie's popped up in my my like you should watch these movies before you die like feeds a lot um and i'm like you know what i kind of want to watch something challenging but i didn't know how challenging it was gonna be yeah, I you, even if you said like okay, so let's let, I mean if you say a challenging Russian film like that's like I was I was thinking like oh this would be like Stalker. Yeah, like Matt will fucking Matt will fucking eat this up. Yeah, I'm like but, okay, uh, well we were gonna do Stalker, but how would we do something different to sh- shake it up a bit? Yeah, and I'm like oh, okay, maybe he and and I actually thought when I saw this and like looked into it, I'm like oh maybe he just knows that like I really like Stalker and I really want to do Stalker, but because we're not going to do it right now. <laughs> let's try something we should have done third and... man shouldn't have, shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say it i'm going to say no we did we third man no, is something... I, I think this is a good movie for us to kind of come back to which is i think that this one and the next one that we've decided to do i feel like are very nice di- dichotomies of the show for people to re- refresh your memories like, oh man they're either gonna have a really good time or a real bad time <laughs> Like talk about extremes. Holy shit. Yeah. Um for people who don't know our next movie is Totoro, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk about um, that later. But but yeah, so like I saw this and I'm like, okay, well let's do this. And like I have to be honest, like I, the first half an hour was good. Um, but I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so this is uh, so is it, this is like what the movie's gonna be. And then it got to the scene where he and I can't remember the main character. Blasha. I, 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 Blasha. Okay. We're going to have a lot. I'm not going to remember any names because I'm already bad with names, especially with uh, harder to pronounce foreign names. I am even worse at. You You only really get two. Yeah. So you so, get Flora, who's the main character, yeah. and uh, Glasha, who's the, the, the female at the, yeah. the beginning. So when or they're, the woman when the they're going through the bog. Yes. That's when I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. this is not only that like before that too when the when the rocket hits the grenade hits mm-hmm. and he goes deaf mm-hmm. um for a while it's like oh this is what we're doing and like there's that scene where he is like he's deafened so he can't hear anything right and he's confused because he's shell-shocked 
mm-hmm. and he's staring up, and there is a German sh- uh, soldier. Yeah, I can't. I can never say that word right when I'm thinking about it too hard. Um, there's a there's there's a Nazi hanging from the trees, trying to unjam their gun so they can shoot at him. Yes, and he's just watching it because he doesn't know what's happening. Yes, and she has to pull him away. Yeah, and well, and then yeah. Ooh. Once, 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 once I got there, I'm like, "Oh no, this is not what it's. This is not what I thought it was going to be." Already, I think this movie is maybe the perfect example of where you start and where you end is a lifetime. Yes, because this movie starts with the main character and his friend digging up on a beach, a Russian beach, for a gun. Mm-hmm. Because you gotta have a gun if you want to join the resistance, and yeah. these these is all like weapons and body parts and mm-hmm. uh, items left by people who have died on this beach. Yes, and the, one of the friends like I found this pistol there, and they like they were pretending to play around with it and stuff, mm-hmm. and then he finds this rifle and he's like, ah, oh, I found this cool big gun. It's gonna be a good time. Um, and then he joins the resistance, and by the time it ends he he's never uh, this i think i think this is the most fascinating part he doesn't fire his gun once until the end yeah and when he finally fires his gun it is just at a picture of hitler and he unloads the entire rounds that that are in his rifle into a picture of hitler that is how he finally takes action because the entire movie he's not taking action he's being pulled through the action He's being dragged against his will. Yeah. Well, I mean, at times he's being pulled willingly, like by the by the I think the, by the militia, by his friend, by her at first. Um, I think he and then like then there's a, there's a yeah, right, where he's not being right. dragged. He's being dragged against his will. But then like when they get to the farmer and get the cow, he's like, "Cool, we're having a good time here. We can maybe maybe we could do something." Or when they when he gets to the village before the big incident happens, they're like, "Hey, we can get mm-hmm. you out of here. We can get you through here." Um, mm-hmm. I think those moments are like there's hope there, and the hope is just quickly taken away. Yeah, uh, um, it's it's hard to talk about this movie because I'm like I'm like uh, we usually go for like an hour, and I'm like I don't I don't know what to say about this movie. Like really, I don't know other than like it's it's needed more than anything I think right now, but no one's gonna watch it because it's just hard, and also I think people are so you talk okay you talk about you talk i mean you and i are in america we're americans you talk about people in our immediate circles who are not who who, i'll just say it who are not film people um like i'm sure in circle of people you hang out with uh well in in easier times in real life you probably have a bunch of friends that say oh i love movies have you seen this, 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 and this, and this? But they just name like the box office big ones. Yeah. They're like, oh, I heard about this. It's like, it's it's doing really well. It made this at the box office because that's a way people measure whether or not something's good. And in terms of shorthand, um, it's the same, like, it's the same for me. Like I, I have uh, the, the gentleman who does our theme song and I, like we really love movies and we will, we will talk about just not necessarily like the big ones coming out that we're interested in, but like he and I are both interested in the Northmen. Um, uh, 
yeah, just like you and I are, but he's also like saying he's just like you and just like Maddie. And he said, Hey, why haven't you watched which yet? <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> um, whereas if I say like, Oh, I'm, I do a podcast about movies at work. They're like, Oh, have you, have you watched Endgame or guardians of gas or things like they, they just mentioned like the box office smashes. And I'm like, that's fine. But I would not even come close to saying, watch, come and see to those folks. Yeah. Uh, Not because, not because this is not, not only because this is just well outside their, their, their sphere of interest, but very much like this is a depiction of being in war that I will never ever experience. I feel like I could, I could see a movie like this done from the standpoint of healthcare providers Yeah, and seeing them go through what they go through on, on a daily basis. Now, granted it's not, uh, it's not any of the war crimes that are depicted in this film. I'm actually kind of afraid to say because we've not really done like a content warning. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably put one. At, I could probably add one at the beginning of this. While it's not, well, while none of this is graphic, it is still hard to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but I can I. I think that there's pro there like when I wasn't I'm skipping around a lot but this this movie is just is doing a lot to me uh still and it's been like a day since I watched it um I feel like if you ever asked uh, if if you or I ever asked a soldier who was you know in the Middle East during a high conflict problem like what was that like yeah there's no real way for them to say well there I was, and then all of a sudden they're in the middle of their own Saving Private Ryan film. Like that's yeah. not how that's not how it works. Just like how if people ask, I, I people will ask me like if I'm if I say like I work at a hospital, they're like oh, what's the weirdest thing you've seen or what's the grossest thing you've seen? No self-respecting healthcare provider who works in a trauma center can tell you the grossest thing they've seen. And it's not a HIPAA thing because you can say it without mentioning, you know, names, yeah. information. You are not ready for that. <laughs> and, and, and cause like some of the time you, you just say, Oh, that's gross. That's crazy. Why did you, but when you think like, no, this, the, some of the things I've seen have been inflicted onto other humans by humans. And you realize the gravity of that. And it's heartbreaking in every sense of the word. Like, honestly, I'm surprised I'm not an alcoholic yet. Um, but this is like, if <laughs> this movie is basically, if you ask your buddy who was in the military and in, in a war, this is probably the shit that they can't tell you (laughs) because you're not ready for it. And like, 
you had asked me earlier today uh, on Discord. So what did you think of this movie? I know we're going to talk about it, but I want to get your vibe. Yeah. And, and my responses were, it's a lot, like way a lot. Honestly, I'm sorry. I think this is actually one of the best films I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I just one of those films that's like, I don't think I can rewatch it unless I'm showing it to someone. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I mean, but then that's this, gonna be me. Like, hey, you want to watch tragedy for two and a half you, hours? You want to you want to watch the most harrowing shit in the world and yeah. not feel great while you're trying to get some entertainment? Do you want to completely miss that mark? Let's go. Yeah. Um, like this is one of those. Like, if if I don't know if it, I know we saw it, we both watched it on the Criterion Channel, correct? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's in the Criterion Collection. Yeah, it is. It it is, yeah. It's probably it's. I think you can get a Blu-ray of it right now. Okay. Well, I like. I will buy that Blu-ray. Yeah. And I just to have it because every like there are movies that I watch that really do, that really do this thing, well. And uh, and it's. I I think this is just a, a a beautiful two and a half hours worth of cinema um and uh and yeah this if you're gonna watch this movie be be ready to feel bad yeah and buckle up at the same time because it is just even with all of that it is a goddamn ride yeah i and without going I, I i much like you jesse i don't really want to talk about specific things in the film. yeah it's it's kind of hard to talk about without it's, it's, like feeling bad talking about it yeah because like because because it's all i mean it's after a, like it's it's like you were saying where you start and where you end is is 100 a lifetime because this starts like like you said with two kids on a beach going we want to be soldiers when we grow up it's that wide-eyed optimism rah rah we're gonna we're gonna we're going to we're going to be the heroes of this story and then you, you, <laughs> poor flora i think that's how you say his name yeah uh but alexei Krebchenko, who i don't know how old he was when when he was cast as the main character, but he is very much a child. But he acts this movie being in the center of an abs of a series of absolute atrocities. Yeah. In a way that I while well, I've never been there, it's still somehow relatable. And there are moments towards the the final, not the not the big event before the finale, but when they've caught the people who did the big event, and you just you just see him walking in a way that it's so unpredictable. Like you you see him pick something up, and you're like, I don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, with that. Um, what what's interesting too is like 
when we talk about the big event, not actually like saying what happened because it is all I don't. It's something I don't know if we should say on here. But I yeah I. But I do I think do. the argument that those men make is that they were following orders, which we've heard that plenty of times, and like mm-hmm. we, we learned that they were other Russians. Um, yeah, and that they were just following orders of the Nazis, and I think that's when he shoots the picture of Hitler after those men get uh, executed. Is yes, because he's so frustrated that that's what his people have kind of done uh-huh. because of this one man. Uh-huh. I don't. Th- I, I like when we talk about him like running, pacing back and forth, and like even the argument that's being made during that. Th- scene is like these are still our guys right mm-hmm. and that... well, then so there's so I'm, I'm gonna interrupt you just because yeah. there there are a couple of key points in both of the, both of the times that he it's it's the times he's spoken up yeah where the, the big main event which i'm which i do agree we should not really talk about let not be not for spoiler reasons but i feel like just kind of humanity reasons because yeah. it's very hard to talk about but he's the one running into the crowd going yo this ain't cool yeah <laughs> this isn't you don't know what's about to happen and then in this moment in, in this end th- this moment where he finds out that they're all russians and he's like and he says in his somehow defeated yet still able to stand up and say it voice, I heard him give the order. He's the one who said it. Like, or something to that effect. Like, like this, and he goes in direct contradiction to the translator who's saying no we were just following orders we're good guys like we're we're just like you <laughs> and, and he's like no you you, you I, I know what you did i was there yeah. <laughs> i watched you do it and and yeah just 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 because you're following orders doesn't mean you are innocent Um. So, and I'm sorry I interrupted you with that, but no, no, I think you, I think that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I I want to shout out if it, it's a weird shout out, but I think the makeup department does a heck of a job. Oh hell yeah! Movie. Uh, especially since they have to age uh, a child basically mm-hmm. thirty years in a way, because yeah. uh, the way he looks at the end of this movie is looks like a man who's aged thirty years almost, and he's oh, yeah. still that same child. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, something I was thinking about as we we're talking is how we depict World War Two um, as yeah. Americans. Oh yeah, as Americans. Um, which I think there's. Like I, I have to like, preface this as like I have not seen a lot of those really like fantastic World War II movies, quote unquote fantastic. Again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan. I have not seen um, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Is that World War Two? Is that World War One? I? I think that's World War Two. Hacksaw. I, I I've never seen Hacksaw Ridge. Either. I mean, it's Mel Gibson, so I mean, you don't really need to. Um, right. But it is Andrew Garfield, so I mean, eh. um. And I also think of 1917, which is not a World War II movie, but is a World War One movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think about how they de- depict the war versus how this movie did, and they're and I think they're all all going for the same kind of feeling of this is messed up, but so many of them either focus on the technique of it a bit too hard, yeah, or the violence of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think about I've seen the opening of Pearl Harbor, or like the the when they hit Pearl Harbor. I've seen that scene because I've I watched Spielberg documentaries and stuff, and they everybody plays that scene when they talk about it. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's rough. It's really rough to watch, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, and this movie does it better without even showing anything. <laughs> um, like, I I was I thought of so many things as I got through this movie i mean especially especially at the end like just think about that opening thing where they're on the beach like that describes what happened at pearl harbor basically without showing Mm -hmm. that anybody dead yeah with with showing just kids going through the leftovers yeah of, of what people didn't take um but getting staying with the with the how we depict world world war ii as americans like in in like things like band of brothers or yeah. or or the pacific and it's been i i've never saw i never saw the pacific and it's been long i've only seen parts of band of brothers like i didn't see the whole thing i just got i i was done after a while um we the uh, the um, the american point of view on it in general is from the point of view of like it is definitely history written by the quote unquote winner in a yeah. lot of ways like like saving private ryan um uh is i think it i think it's a i think it's a good story i do not think it's a good war film yeah um because at the at the end of it like you're you're just you see you see what happened so one person could be saved yeah now you could we could we could we could wrestle with the reasons for that saving and why was this a good or a bad idea or a misuse of resources or whatever we could we could go we could go back and forth on that but at the end of the day, it is still just greatest generation. I got saved because I was part of the U.S. military and blah blah. It's very rah rah. You know, the good guys won. We're never. I mean, flags of our fathers and um, what was the other one Eastwood did around that time? Was it the Sands of Iwo Jima? I'm not sure. Like I think they are I, both of the. I I watched them in the theaters when they came out, and I I don't remember them a lot today, mm-hmm. but I feel like Flags of Our Fathers was an attempt to dismantle the idyllic uh, nature of looking back at World War II 
but I don't think it, I, from what I remember, like, I remember thinking this at the time, like, it didn't go far enough. I'd have to watch it again to really expand on that. Um, the Sands of Iwo Jima feels misguided and misplaced because it's basically from it's basically from the point of view of i believe koreans also been a long time since i've seen it i'd have to watch it again to have more thoughts and even then even then like i've learned a lot since in the decade plus since both of those movies came out um but yeah the the world war ii film in america is definitely i would say it's not really possible for another country to do that because it wasn't fought on our soil yeah like you talk about pearl harbor and the japanese bomber but yo none nobody nobody in the lower 48 was in any danger i don't even think alaska was even in danger at that point i mean i think about it like other than our own, other than the war for our freedom, our own personal wars, mm-hmm. we haven't had a war on our shores in a, like a century. And so many other places have. And mm-hmm. I think and most of them have had at the hands of us. Yeah. Or <laughs> like we were a part of them in some way. And I think that that separation kind of, I don't know, not not that there isn't tragedy from what the losses we suffer, but I think there is a disconnect of what deep, deep, dark tragedy happens on the shores of other places. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like watching, uh, like I think the the the. I mean, I would probably this is probably this is a really this is going to be a really bad example, but the one that the modern world war ii movie that seems to get the most people talking about the horrors of it is schindler's list yeah and i recognize that that there there is both good and bad about schindler's list probably more bad than necessarily good yeah um just but you know that's that's a lot to unpack none of which i am an expert on and I'm going to stay away from it because it's really not my place. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the fact that this movie got made and was actually shot and presumably seen in theaters, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it did 21 million at the box office in, in 1985. I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know if that's good or bad in 1985. This movie probably could not be made in the U.S. for reasons of not really understanding the point of view in a lot of ways. And this is just me speaking. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm. This is this is just me musing about this. I don't think any American filmmaker would go as far as this movie does in terms of in terms of just depicting absolute war crimes. Yeah, I mean like think about where we're at now too, right? In like 
what's happening actually over in Germany and Russia right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know. It's just this movie kind of hits weird right now. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what else we can talk about, but. I'm gonna. I I have a couple other things. If you don't mind me yeah. just completely yeah, hijacking the episode, the music in this movie is fucking dope. Um, not because it's something I want to just find on Spotify and listen to. Uh, the way that it is used in this film is perfect. Like you get that. You get that bassy synth drone every time you see that that uh german bomber in the sky um you get the you get the uh in 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 the big scene you get the way the sound design is used with the way they use the music to cover up what's going on so they don't have to hear it yeah um and they layer that throughout the film i mean it's, this is not a this is not a soundtrack heavy piece it's silent for a lot of it or at least at least music wise um but this is one <laughs> this is one of those movies that i i cannot think i can think of aspects of it and scenes that i've seen in other places like the final scene where you see you see Flora just unload on the Hitler yeah. uh, picture. It's shot, it, it, it's the, the sequence shot is very much a reference to Edwin S. Porter's The Great Train Robbery, a silent film that kind of put narrative films on the map in a lot of ways. Um, you would also see it in Goodfellas at the very end in 1992. Four, I think is that when that, that that when that came out, or was it ninety six? I don't remember, but it's kind of at the end of Goodfellas. Yeah, and then after that, as they intersperse that with actual footage of Hitler speaking, uh, going into I don't going into a concentration camp, like footage of that, footage of bombers, uh, and the final. Uh, interstitial scene while he's shooting it it cuts across it cuts into i think the earliest known picture of hitler where his mom is holding him yeah and that is that is the point where he he either doesn't fire or he is out of ammunition and it's that particular moment where i don't know if there's any humanity left in this character. Yeah. And I, I don't think there would be any in me if it were me. Yeah. And I was absolutely floored by that in a way that I don't think I ever have been by a film. And I think you should pat yourself on the back, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because, know if I should do that. But. I mean, not like, I, mean, I know that that seems like misplaced and like 
but like this is the fact that you i probably could i would have easily i probably could have easily missed this scrolling through criterion yeah but the fact that you suggested this and this is an absolute just masterpiece of cinema in a way that i don't think i'll ever see again uh i'll definitely watch this movie again though yeah Oh, and I also wanted to say um, the way they use the war footage at the end and with the shooting, it reminded me of the end of the movie Bamboozled uh, by Spike Lee, where um, he uses uh, older, overtly racist cartoons at the end of it. Um but trying to explain that story would require another episode. But it's, I, mean, I think I, I really like the movie Bamboozled. Um, and even it, while I feel bad at the end of Bamboozled, I don't feel as bad about <laughs> at the end of Bamboozled as I do here. <laughs> like this took, this movie took so much out of me. Um, and yeah, this is another another trivial merit. Let's change Matt film. Um, so to kind of shift tones um, from how kind of somber this whole episode's been, to kind of something more, in a way, fun. I guess. Um, what have you been watching lately that you've enjoyed? Ooh. Well, uh, when I went home, yeah, uh, I read Roadside Picnic, mm-hmm. which is the book that the movie Stalker is based on. I had never, I, had, I now up to that point, I had seen Stalker a couple of times. Uh, and when I read Roadside Picnic, I'm like, man. I need to I, I need I need to watch Stalker again. And and I did three, three times all the way through. <laughs> and uh and I really like Stalker a lot. Yeah. Um I think I think if and when I'll just say when we get to Stalker, you probably will see a lot of parallels between the way they're shot because they're kind of they're shot I mean they're shot six years apart, but there's very much a lot of I feel like the countryside looks the same and it's lit the same and uh, we'll get to that I think um Reba and I did watch Saving Private Ryan recently Mm -hmm. uh because she had never seen that um and I came away from going, man, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like this movie anymore. Just at the end of it, because it had been since it came out. Uh, I, I might have watched it in the early 2000s, but it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Um, and then actually getting to stuff that I just enjoy. I've been watching a lot of Gundam again. Um, because that's who I am. I... I rewatched the entire season of Zeta and Double Zeta, and now I need to watch Char's Counterattack again. It's a whole thing. Um, And then uh, 
for I was actually uh, I was actually a guest on a couple of podcasts uh, for which I had to watch stuff. A uh, friend of mine, his name's Corey. He runs uh, Bo- the Boss Rush Network mm-hmm. for their standard definition podcast. They're going through all of the Indiana Jones movies, so we've covered. Uh, they, uh, it's him, his buddy Stoy, and they invited me. Uh, we have watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom thus far, and I, while I came away from Temple of Doom going, hmm, not as bad as I keep saying, but I still think it's my least favorite of those movies. Yeah, Temple. I mean, Temple of Doom is a movie that I, that <laughs> Temple of Doom is, I think, the only movie I can honestly say that I wish had a director's cut because knowing some of the stuff that's cut and knowing how much it was kind of showing how awful white people were at first oh yeah definitely um and then again cut i mean i know i know the original cut wasn't perfect but like i think about the biggest thing that people complain about in that movie one of the big one of the biggest things is the monkey brain scene mm-hmm and I guess it was a whole scene that got cut that was explaining that they were playing not a prank, but it's like, oh, these foreigners, this is what they're going to expect from us. So let's just give it to them type mm-hmm. of thing. And like how the, how the people that were being hurt and like there's, I know there's weird stuff with that and like Indy kind of being a white saver. There's more context to that too. And I'm like, I'm like I wonder what that would look like. That's really what it is. Um, so yeah. yeah. And then I was also uh, invited on to a podcast for Scanline Media called Oops All Anime. And we discussed Aldno Zero, which is a, a, a mech anime that I wanted to watch and started a couple of times, but never finished. And we, uh, we got through the first three episodes and man, that thing opens with some style. I'm going to try and finish it. And that's really it for me. <laughs> Other than this movie. <laughs> Did I lose you, Jesse? No, no, you're, I'm, I'm, I was just listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Al, so it, I, did we cut out or anything? No, or? no, no. Oh, I okay. think, I think there was just that awkward pregnant pause there. Oh, okay. Um, or- or probably latency that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Um, I, I I am excited about what we're gonna watch next. Um, what have you been watching though? Uh, stuff here and there. Um, I guess the thing I could talk about because I watched surprisingly by accident. I've watched a lot of kind of bummer movies in a way. Like I don't think Rope or Vertigo or memories uh, uh or i mean uh magnetic rose or um uh in a lonely place <laughs> mm-hmm. are uh are real pick em ups <laughs> if i'm being honest um but i do I, like rope though <laughs> rope, I I mean, like... No, rope is in all those are great movies i don't think yeah. anyone i think all of them have rated at least four stars um but uh i've been re-watching all the uh, Daniel Craig Bond movies. I still have not watched the new one. That's the last one I have to watch. Um, okay, that those are those are the best Bond movies. <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, 
from memory yeah. of the old ones. Like, uh, yeah, I, no, you're you're right. You're right. I, I don't think there's a huge issue with any of them. I remember re- when I watched Quantum of Solace the first time, I didn't like it, but it being a direct sequel to Casino Royale, I think gives it a much better context if you watch them kind of back to back like I did. I watched the first three back to back to back in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched uh, I watched Spectre like two weeks ago at this point. I was going to watch the last one this week, but I just got busy. Um, Spectre, I think, is maybe the worst out of the first four. But the only reason I think that is because it's, it's the same director as Skyfall, yet it is so much slower than Skyfall. And I think the twist at the end of Spectre that they do with the main bad guy Blofeld. Mm-hmm. Um, can we, that movie came out a couple years ago. I, I could talk about it, right? What Spectre? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Have you seen it? I haven't, but spoilers don't really bother me. Uh, making um, because it's always it's more about the journey than anything else. Making Bond and Blofeld adopted brothers. I don't know if they are in the books. I don't, so I'm not going to talk about the books. But I think making Bond and Blofeld adopted brothers in the movie puts a weird spin on that because there's no build-up to it <laughs> like you don't really know that happened until they tell you it happened um like there's or, no they're, they're they're just like oh yeah your brothers yeah but like with skyfall and the and skyfall being his house and stuff and then like ending that kind of exchange there there's somewhat build-up to that point because like throughout Casino Royale and Quantum Solace and even Skyfall, like they talk about how he's an orphan and like what is what was his house, but like we don't know anything about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it just felt kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else about it was really cool. I liked a lot of the gadgets, a lot of Bond going rogue. There's a lot of just cool stuff. Dave Batista was a good bad guy for the little bit he was in it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's cool. And and, and I think Casino Royale is maybe the closest we're ever going to get to a perfect spy film in a lot of ways. It's, it's just interesting how each one of these movies deals with a different kind of idea of Bond. Where Skyfall, yeah. uh, not Skyfall, Casino Royale deals with the origin. Uh, Quantum Solace deals with the anger, like the, the original Timothy Dalton Bonds. And mm-hmm. Skyfall kind of gives us a bit of this, like the goofy spy in some ways, but like also the espionage part of it. And then Spectre yeah. gives us a lot of goofy spy stuff without the fun of the espionage. So I'm really curious what No Time to Die gives me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, which one is your favorite of the Daniel Craig ones? Did I you still say think already? Casino Royale is my favorite. Cause I, but I, I, it, I think Casino Royale and Skyfall are really, really neck and neck. Okay. Yeah. Because I think, I think the last time I thought about it, mine was Skyfall, but I haven't watched them in a while so i'd have to i think the, my, the reason uh skyfall isn't my favorite is again it relies too much on history we don't really know um but i mean it, i mean it's whatever either way but I th- but i think that lashif in casino royale is the best bad guy even though we he's not the full bad guy i think he is the best bad guy I mean, come on, how can you get over like the part where he's torturing Daniel Craig by hitting him in, in the sack with a rope? True, yeah. Um, so yeah, so those are the movies I'm going to talk I've been watching a lot of animated Batman stuff too because I've just been on a kick of that. But uh, yeah. 
so yeah, so two weeks from now, we're going to be watching My Neighbor Totoro, um, which is yes. still on HBO Max, I believe. Yes. Um, so you can catch us watching that. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere I want to be. That is Twitter. That's Instagram. Uh, a lot of video game platforms as well. You can also find me hosting two other podcasts, two other podcasts. Uh, one of them is called story route zero where three friends and I talk about games we're playing and goof off a little bit. Sometimes we talk about news, but we keep it mostly chill and the other is Trivial Merit, where mutual friend of Jesse and me, Caroline and I, go through an artist's career or uh, cherry pick a genre and try and come up with an eight song playlist for making us and or you feel better in the process. Uh, we use dice rolls to get the extreme. So like we'll roll dice to figure out what our negative headspace is and we'll roll a dice to figure out what our positive headspace is and try and build an eight song playlist between the two. It's a lot of fun. And we just recorded the first episode of our new season. We're doing Rihanna from anxious to elated. So send us your playlist. Trivial Merit on Twitter. Um. And you can find me on Sleeper of the Bed. You can find the my other show, Y Comics, at Y Comics Pod. If you want to support this show and Y Comics, Hell you yeah. can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Y Comics. I'm using Y Comics since it was the first podcast as the umbrella for everything. Um, if things go according to plan, but you know uh, which queen comes out this month, and I might just lose track of time. Um <laughs> There will be a third show coming from this weird network that I'm building. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and oh, you can find- crap. I've not, been, I've not been in on these meetings. What's going on? <laughs> no one has because they're very loose planning still. Like, I, gotta, okay. I, got, I kind of have to sit down and get going on it. Um, but you can find this show on Twitter at Freerailing It. And you can email us movie recommendations, you, thoughts, anything at freerailing at gmail.com. If you have yes. any thoughts about any of these movies, please let us know on any of those platforms and leave a review if you liked it. Um, yeah. Matthew does their theme song. Um, my buddy Jason, he goes by Deadeye. Uh, he has an album out called Kingdom of Blood and you should take a look at it. It is on Bandcamp and I think it's on all streaming platforms as well. Uh, but his name is Jason. Uh, he goes, you'll find him dead. I all caps D E A D dash the letter I, uh, they all, he also did, was part of a reggae duo called the hope street steppers that in 2013 released one of the best reggae albums I've ever heard. Uh, I'm not saying that because Jason is one of my closest friends. I'm saying that because I actually believe it, but full disclosure, he and I are buds. Um, yeah, that's it. You can, Oh, you can find him on Instagram at Deadeye Productions. D-E-A-D-I Productions, no dash. Um, and uh, guys, guys remember, um, war's bad. War <laughs> like, fucking sucks. <laughs> I think that's the best way to kind of close this out is the war, war yeah, war's the worst. Um, so remember that and please, let's hope we don't go to war soon. Please. Please.